Welcome to the second episode of the Outer View NBA show. It's been two weeks since the NBA season has kicked off. We have so much to talk about this show. We'll start off with the Lakers and their current struggles. We'll also talk about the Warriors and the tough week they had last week. We'll also get into some of the early MVP candidates and we'll conclude the show with the top five NBA fantasy basketball sleepers along with our gambling segment, Lock Him In. So it's a jam-packed episode. Let's get right into the show. So I'm taping this show Tuesday, November the 1st, 12.13 Pacific Time. And it officially marks the second week of the NBA season. It's been great to watch NBA basketball. There's been a lot of exciting basketball in these first two weeks of the season. And it's been a joy to watch so many of these guys compete night in and night out. And it's been a joy to, to just have basketball back. So I've loved every second of these these two weeks, and I'm excited for what's to come the rest of the season. So I kind of just made some observations from from week two of the NBA season. I want to start off with Klay Thompson and the Warriors. Uh, it seems like Klay Thompson has been struggling uh, since the season has started. He hasn't really found his his shooting touch, and it might just be an issue of him just not having the conditioning. Or having a training camp to really be able to condition himself uh, for the season. We know that he's dealt with pretty significant injuries for the last two years. I mean, he tore his ACL. Then he came back and he tore his, his Achilles before the season started. The Warriors want to take a very slow approach with bringing him back this season and it makes sense but his his game is, it hasn't been what we've been used to when it comes to clay thompson he's definitely not the all-around player that he used to be and it's evident it's evident every time he steps on the court it's gonna be tough to see what direction the warriors go in after his contract is up this is a decision that they're gonna have to make about i guess not even just clay thompson but also with draymond green is it worth paying both of those guys they're a little older they don't look like they're they're in their primes anymore. And the, the Warriors have a lot of young guys that can contribute probably more so than those guys. I mean, those guys still have the experience. They still have the understanding of how to be effective. And we've seen it during the finals last season. But to say that it's going to be worth paying those guys the max dollars or, or something near the max, if I were the Warriors, I wouldn't do it. It's definitely going to be a tough choice for them to make. The Warriors had some tough losses during their last few games. They lost to the Charlotte Hornets and the Detroit Pistons. Both games were were pretty competitive. And the Warriors, they they played well to some degree, but they didn't play well enough to really come out and uh, secure both of those Ws. You got to give credit to both of those teams, though. Both of the Hornets and the, the Pistons competed, and they played really well those games. So, I mean, I won't say it's solely on the the bad basketball that the Warriors played. Both those teams played really good basketball and inspired basketball. The Warriors are definitely in a little funk right now. They're going to have to figure it out and uh, and get out of their their recent struggles. I mean, they're a championship team, so they definitely will uh, figure it out. But they've they've been struggling. It hasn't only been their their offense that has looked 
a little out of whack. It's been their defense. They haven't really been sharp on that end. And I'm sure uh, they'll pick it up at some point. I'm sure it'll be sooner rather than later. Those two losses will probably definitely uh, get them to uh, to play more inspired basketball. With all that being said, they're definitely going to have some tough decisions to make when it comes to the, the contracts of, of Clay Thompson and Draymond Green. It's going to be a, a tough choice to make. If I had to put my money on the line, I'd say probably both of those guys will not have their contracts extended. I know Draymond Green makes a lot of sense for the team. He's their heart. He's their engine. But the type of money he's going to be looking for may not make sense for the Warriors. And they're already way above the, the luxury tax. And I don't know how you really justify paying him a significant contract that will uh, put them even further above the luxury. It's it's going to definitely be a tough choice to make. But I like I said, man, if, if I had to guess, I think they may they may take the risk not extending his contract and giving him the max that he's seeking. We'll see how that plays out. There's still a lot of time before that decision has to be made. So let's get into the Lakers. The Lakers got their first win of the season on Sunday against the Denver Nuggets. It was good to see, man. It was good to see the Lakers play inspiring basketball. They played great offense and defense for for more than one quarter. And they were able to, to secure that that win against a pretty good team in in Denver. LeBron James, he he looked really good on offense. He was attacking the rim with ease. He was hitting jump shots, turnaround jump shots. He looked he looked really good, man. He he looked like he had some spring in his legs. Anthony Davis played, he played uh, some pretty good basketball. And they had Westbrook actually come off the bench and he played inspired basketball. He played with a lot of energy. So it's going to be interesting to see if they're going to continue with bringing Westbrook off the bench and if he's going to be fine with that. I think uh, I think at this point in time, he really doesn't have much say in which direction they're going to go. But I think Westbrook, he's buying into whatever it is that the Lakers need from him to, to be a successful team. So definitely going to keep my eye on that situation, see how that plays out. The Lakers, they're still a team that need a lot of changes in order to really be a contending team of any sort. It was, it was nice to see them win a game. They've been doing a lot of losing. So maybe maybe that may change the uh, trajectory for them some bit. I don't, I don't want to look too much into it, but it was it was nice to see Darvin Ham secure his, his first win of his head coaching career. So I wanted to also get into... The Ben Simmons and the Brooklyn Nets situation, I, it's been interesting to see how that whole situation has been playing out. Funny enough, Brooklyn was actually able to secure a win while Ben Simmons was out today. I don't want to say that that's a coincidence, but it's it's been kind of weird to see Ben Simmons play as passive. And I wouldn't even say it's been weird. I mean, we've been used to seeing him kind of play very timid and passive uh, for the early part of the season. And there were times when, when while he was playing in, in Philadelphia that he would play this way. It's not a surprise. I don't know. You'd think that he'd be a little more aggressive on the offensive end. He's He continues to, to get downhill and not really look at the basket at all. He's always 
make it a play to pass rather than to make a play to score. And that's definitely been um, it's been hurting the Brooklyn Nets. It doesn't really look like they have a lot of, I guess, other guys that can create and that are as dynamic as, as Ben Simmons. So they really need him to be aggressive and really need him to to play downhill as much as he as he can. So he's able to create plays for, for other guys on the team. If he's always driving to the hoop to uh, make a pass rather than driving to the hoop with intention to score, it kind of makes it a lot easier for the defense to play him because they kind of know exactly what he's going to do when he gets downhill. I'd expect that at some point he picks up his play and he's a little more aggressive on the offensive end, but who knows when it comes to Ben Simmons, man. Ben Simmons, uh, he's definitely a peculiar player. It seems like there are some confidence issues there. It's going to be interesting to see if he's able to kind of turn around and figure it out. I'd expect that he does. He's coming back from from a back injury. And he's coming back from uh, sitting from a year of, of missed basketball. So I think it will take him some time to to kind of get back to a, a form of himself where he's able to score at will and to uh, play through contact as opposed to avoiding contact. I mean, there are there were some points in his career where he was a lot more aggressive on offense. So if he can kind of just get to some some variation of of that type of player, the Brooklyn Nets will be a lot better. I wouldn't say that they're going to be a, this terrible of a team. They they have too much talent with Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant to not be better than what they are right now. But it, they've, they've struggled in this early uh, part of the season. And um, I think, like I said, man, this is definitely going to be a good time where they can just kind of figure out their identity as a team and and see what it is that they need to do to be able to experience success when games matter more. So I wouldn't look really too deep into their early struggles. I think it's definitely going to pay dividends down the line when uh, they play, uh, I guess, games that, that matter more. Okay, so I want to discuss some of the early MVP candidates that I have for the season. I know it's still early and there's still a lot of basketball to be played. I just wanted to acknowledge, I guess, some of the players that have been playing phenomenal basketball. And a lot of these names are kind of are guys that we'd expect to play phenomenal basketball. They're they're the leaders of their teams and we're used to kind of seeing them dominate and play high level basketball. So this is my top three list that I have for my early MVP candidates. And let's start off with Luka Doncic. Luka's been playing phenomenal basketball in this early part of the NBA season. He's been looking great as a playmaker. He's been scoring with ease. He's scored 40 points twice during these first two weeks. He's been shooting 50% from the field. His current averages right now are 36.7 points, 9.5 rebounds, 8.7 assists, and he's shooting 50% from the field. So it's been great to see Luca ball out at this point in his career. He's still so young, but you would expect for him to dominate is what he does. And the fact that he's averaging nearly a triple double has been pretty impressive. You would expect these numbers to decline at some point, but we know that that Luca is definitely uh, going to have a tremendous impact. His dominance will, will dictate how far 
they're able to get in the Western Conference. So Luka is my top pick for MVP. My second candidate for the early MVP candidates, Giannis and Tentacumpo. Giannis is currently averaging 33.8 points, 12.8 rebounds, 5.2 assists. He's shooting nearly 60% from the field, so that's been pretty impressive. Giannis, I mean, he continues to just attack the basket at will. His understanding of the game has has improved significantly. He's he's definitely reading the game a lot quicker. He's being a lot more decisive uh, with the, the plays that he makes. And it's been great to kind of see just Giannis be able to dominate and without Chris Middleton in the lineup. Drew Holiday has been a great help. He's He's been more aggressive on offense and been a, a second option to Giannis. I definitely uh, enjoy watching him play every every time I get a chance to. So that's, that's my second pick for early MVP candidate. My third pick is Dame Lillard. Dame Lillard has been playing phenomenal. I think a lot of people forgot about how impressive of a player Dame Lillard really is. Right now, the Portland Trailblazers are five and one. I definitely say I'm surprised at this. Of course, there's still so much uh, basketball to be played, so I don't really want to look too into the, the amount of wins that they won in the early part of the season. The fact that he's been able to kind of lead his team uh, to be play to, to play this uh, high level of basketball in this early part of the season has been impressive. So Dame is my third candidate. He's averaging 31 points, five rebounds, and five assists. I love what he's doing. He's being a deep threat. He's dynamic. Uh, he's, he's just doing what he does and, and, and playing with high confidence and playing a complete floor game. So I love what Dame is doing, and he's my third MVP candidate. So those are my early MVP candidates of the season. I'll definitely probably give one uh, in the next two weeks or so to conclude my early uh, candidates for the month. So that's it for this segment of the show. Now let's get into the next segment of the show, which is our top five fantasy basketball sleeper picks. All right, so let's get into the top five NBA sleepers that I have for week three of the NBA season. My first pick is John Wall. John Wall might be a surprise pick for some people. Currently, he's not playing back-to-backs. The Clippers are working him in slowly into the lineup. He's coming back after missing an entire season last year. So they're taking a slow approach while they bring him back. I guess improve his conditioning and get it to a level where they feel like they can play more minutes. At some point during the season, he more than likely will take the reins of the starting point guard position. He's just a lot more dynamic than Reggie Jackson. And he gives them a point guard who actually has a skill set of being able to play, make, and get guys involved. So John Wall is a good pickup. He might be more of a long-term project or long-term guy to add to your team just because he's not playing in back-to-backs. But it also has played into his advantage because the games that he does play he has fresh legs while playing. So this is going to be a four-game week for him. The Clippers are probably going to rest him on Monday because he did play on Sunday. So I do expect him to play 
three out of the four games that they have this week aren't back-to-backs. They have a day of rest in between them. So John Wall will definitely uh, be a great add to any team for the foreseeable future. Let's get into our next pick. I got another Los Angeles Clipper, Avika Zubac. He's a good pick this week for any team that needs a center that's pretty reliable. He'll get you a double-double damn near every game that he plays. He's a lock for that. He's the Clippers' only true center, so they play him a good portion of minutes every game. He plays at least 30 minutes a game. Uh, when he's not playing, they usually go small. They're pretty, they, they rely heavily on him uh, to go out there and to rebound and to be a big man and give them presence. So Zubac is definitely a, a good pickup. If you need some rebounding on your team, he's currently averaging, I guess, a little more than 10 points, 14 rebounds and three blocks. I don't think the blocks are going to stay at three. Uh, they'll definitely taper off and get more to his average of of one. He might get somewhere between one to two blocks, but uh, three, I think, is definitely going to be on the high end and taper off at some point. So Zubac is definitely a great add uh, to any team for this coming week. The next pick I got is Devin Vassell. Devin Vassell is the starting shooting guard on the San Antonio Spurs. Devin Vassell would be a great pickup for any team that's looking for a player that can add value in a number of categories. He's averaging 20 points, five rebounds, five assists. I think his stat line will probably probably be around there for a good portion of the season or for the season itself. This is going to be a developmental year for the San Antonio Spurs, so they're going to focus on making sure their young guys get as much time on the floor to, to develop his players and to expand their game. They recently dropped Josh Primo, so that gives Devin Vassell more of an opportunity to to get more minutes and to, uh, I guess, see where his game can get to. He showed a lot of parts of his of his game that I don't think the Spurs or anyone for that matter knew that uh, he had in him. Definitely been um, impressive to watch him play in this early part of the season, and I'm excited to see if he can continue this for the rest of the season. He's uh, improved or increased his scoring average every year he's been in the NBA. So, like I said, I don't suspect that there'll be a large drop off from his numbers as the season goes along. What I will be cautious of is if you're a team that, uh, I guess, values shooting percentages and, and efficiency, he might impact that part of your team. He's shooting 40% from the field. It's not the greatest of efficiencies. It's pretty poor if you ask me, but I think that will improve a little bit as the season goes along. I don't I don't think it's going to be, I mean, 50%, but I don't see it being 40%. So definitely take that into consideration. If you do add Devin Vasso, that he's not the most efficient scorer. Next pick I got is Jeremy Grant Ford for the Portland Trailblazers. Jeremy is going to have ample amount of opportunity this week to increase his offensive production and his defensive production for that matter. Dame Lillard is out dealing with a minor injury. Josh Hart is currently in concussion protocols. So there will be more opportunity for Jeremy Grant to, uh, 
I guess, take on more offensive possessions and to contribute more in that department. He's done that before playing for the Detroit Pistons. So I think the Trailblazers and Chauncey Billups will definitely be more confident uh, giving him more offensive touches, uh, considering that two of their starters are out for the next few games. So Jeremy Grant, he's going to be a good ad this week. His numbers are going to increase. Percentages may decrease a little bit too with taking on more shots and being more of a focal point on offense. He may face tougher defenses if he does get it going. So definitely um, if you're a team that does value high field goal percentages, definitely do consider that if you add him to your team. The last sleeper pick that I got is Dennis Smith Jr., Dennis Smith Jr. is definitely a wild card pick, but he'll be given ample opportunity to play given that Terry Rozier and LaMelo Ball are out dealing with injuries. Dennis Smith Jr. will assume the point guard position. He's a player that uh, he's definitely has had his ups and downs while he's been in, been in the league, but I, I think that he's, he's a competent player. He's improving. He's still fairly young. He's still uh, he's still improving uh, his shooting. He played really good basketball over the weekend. I think he'll have a lot of carryover this week now that he'll have a lot more minutes to be on the floor and play freely. So I like Dennis Smith Jr. this week as a, a sleeper pick. He's going to definitely uh, surprise a lot of people and, and play at a level that I guess most people aren't really used to him playing at while those guys are out man he'll have as many minutes as as he can handle to go out there and produce and and put up a good stat line uh, from game to game so i like dennis mitchuter i wouldn't say he's gonna be a good long-term pick to add to your team but if you're in one of those leagues that that is daily fantasy or that is fantasy uh, week to week dennis smith jr is a great player to add this week so those are my top five fantasy basketball sleepers for the week. Now let's get into the last segment of our show, which is the lock in segment, the gambling part of our show. Let's get right into it. All right, so let's get into the last segment of our show. This is the lock in segment. It's the gambling portion of our show. On last week's episodes, we did over and under on conference seating. This week, it's going to be a little different. It's going to be money line picks for today's games. The first lockman pick I have is the Los Angeles Lakers. They're facing the New Orleans Pelicans tonight. The Lakers are currently underdogs. They are plus 130. I think the Lakers are definitely a good gamble to, to go with. The Lakers are coming off their first win on Sunday night defeating the Denver Nuggets. They'll have a lot of carryover and momentum going into tonight's game. They uh, have seemed to have found uh, more defined roles for a lot of players on their team. Westbrook has been more accepting of coming off of the bench. He played phenomenal on Sunday, scoring 18 points. He was also able to contribute with some rebounds and assists. So I like what I've seen from him on Sunday. They also have been able to have a little more continuity with their starting lineup. They have more shooters surrounding Aiden LeBron. Overall, the Lakers are just looking a lot better. 
We'll see if they're able to carry it over against the Pelicans. The Pelicans have also been playing fantastic. But I think the Lakers are the pick to go with against the Pelicans. The next locker man pick I have is the Charlotte Hornets. The Charlotte Hornets are playing the Chicago Bulls. They're currently underdogs at plus 200. The Charlotte Hornets had a really good win against the Golden State Warriors over the weekend. They played phenomenal basketball. They still are missing some of their their main guys in Lamella Ball and Terry Rozier, but a lot of the, the other guys delivered. They had contributions from across the board. I kind of like what they've been doing defensively. It hasn't really been, um, I guess, showing up in their defensive rating, but they are definitely improving game by game. So we'll see how they do against the Chicago Bulls. They definitely have favorable matchups at a couple of the forward positions, but um, it's going to be hard to stop the Rosen. Luckily, Levine will be sitting out tonight due to load management with his knee. It's, he's been sitting out uh, the second game on back-to-backs. He played yesterday night, so if there are no changes there, I like the, the Charlotte Hornets against the Chicago Bulls. It definitely, it definitely is a long shot. It's a gamble that's worth taking a bet on. The next Lockman pick I have is the Cleveland Cavaliers. The Cleveland Cavaliers will be going up against the Boston Celtics. Currently, Cleveland is at the underdog at the money line. Plus 105. I like what the Cleveland Cavaliers have been doing all this year. They're currently on a five-game winning streak. They've been doing this without Darius Garland. They've been playing phenomenal defense. They are in the top five in offensive rating, and they are second, I believe, in defensive rating. So there's a lot to like about the Cleveland Cavaliers. They've uh, found a way to be impactful on both sides of the ball. They're definitely going to get a, a really competitive or really great effort from the Boston Celtics. They beat the Boston Celtics in an overtime thriller last Friday. So the Boston Celtics will definitely be going into Cleveland to try and get the W. Cleveland has a great defensive team and they'll figure out a way to contain the Boston Celtics today. So this is definitely going to be one of the more competitive games today. And I do like the Cleveland Cavaliers as a team that comes out on top. The next locker man pick and the final locker man pick I have is the Atlanta Hawks. The Atlanta Hawks are going up against the New York Knicks. They are underdogs currently at the money line plus 110. The Latin Hawks are coming off a loss to the Toronto Raptors on Monday. Trey Young didn't play his most impressive game, but he definitely will have a bounce back game against the New York Knicks. He always plays his better games at MSG. We know that Trey Young is a player that relishes playing in combative environments. He showed us a few playoffs ago. And it'll definitely be a good matchup for him to go against the New York Knicks. They don't really have anyone that could stop him at the point guard position. Toronto was a tough matchup for them because they have a lot of lengthy, switchable defenders that he had to go up against. That won't be a problem facing the Knicks. The Knicks are coming off 
a losing streak. They've lost two in a row. So they'll definitely be looking to get back in the win column. They will pit their best foot forward. They're playing at home. But I do like the Atlanta Hawks to come around top. They just have a little more offensive production that they can get from their guys. And I like what they've done defensively this year. Though they may have not played great team defense, they have several individual defensive players that can go out there and and cause havoc on the defensive end. So I like the Hawks against the New York Knicks. Those are the four Lockman picks that I have for tonight. If you want to read more in detail as to why these are my picks, go to outerview.com, O-U-T-E-R-V-U.com. All right, so it's currently November 1st, 1.30 p.m. Pacific time. This episode was actually um, recorded in the early hours of November 1st. I had to add this segment to the episode because there's no way I was going to release this episode without talking about the recent news that took place in the early morning of Tuesday, November 1st. Steve Nash was relieved of his duties as head coach of the Brooklyn Nets. The Nets... A few hours later, hired Emi Yudoka to be his replacement. This came at a big surprise. I mean, at the same time, it wasn't a surprise. I, I think Steve Nash was on the hot seat to start off the season. But the surprising part of it is that it happened so soon into the season. I thought he would be given a fair chance to complete the season. And the Nets would, I guess, reassess his coaching abilities at the end of the year after uh, the Nets either, I guess, experienced success or they didn't. So it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Miyadoka is definitely a good replacement. Uh, he's a tactician. He's an authoritative figure. He's put in his hours and has shown that he's a good head coach in this league. He was recently relieved from his duties from the Boston Celtics due to misconduct. He was sleeping around with several female staffers in the Boston Celtics organization. There's a lot of things happening at this moment in time. It's going to be interesting to, to really see how the Brooklyn Nets are able to figure things out and to see if they're able to quickly adapt to the new culture change that Emi Yudoka will have for the team. He's not going to have a lot of time to implement I guess his coaching philosophy. I'm sure they do know some of the things that he will want to bring to the table considering that he did work with the Brooklyn Nets before he was hired by the Boston Celtics. It's definitely going to be interesting to see how everything, how all the pieces come together and how he's able to leave his mark on the Brooklyn Nets. I'm excited to kind of see how this pans out, see how he integrates Ben Simmons, see if he's able to figure out a way to have these guys uh, play a more efficient offensive system, not one where it's isolation basketball with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. So there's a lot that can be changed. There's a lot that can be improved with this Brooklyn Nets team. And we will see, I guess, in the following months, how much of an impact and how much of a mark Emilio Doka is able to leave on this team. So it's an exciting time in the NBA, and we will see how this all pans out. Thank you for watching this podcast. Like, subscribe, comment, and let me know what you guys think about this current situation in the comment section. And I'm out.